Music. Science. Innovation. Art. Production. Harmonics. Welcome to the Harmonics Podcast. Uh, we are here for the first time in uh, over 13 months to host the podcast. This is the first time we are doing it live on the live stream, so welcome. Uh, my name's Christine. I work on the community team. Uh, Josh, you want to introduce yourself? I am Josh. I also work on the community team. I am Chris, and I am also on the community team. And our special guest... Hi, uh, I'm Matt. I'm not on the community team. <laughs> uh, Matt, however, has had a long history working with the community team as a honorary member, I would say. Oh. Uh, he helped us start the live stream. Uh, he helped us on the podcast a bunch of times. Uh, so we are excited to have him on our first show yeah. back. Thank you for having me. Yay. <laughs> uh, we should call out that the amazing theme music uh, was provided by John Pardo uh, with some uh, accompaniment by Steve Pardo. Uh, if you like what you heard, John Pardo will be on the live stream later today. Uh, Which will are... not be today when they're listening to this. No, if you yeah. are listening to the podcast and not watching us record it live, uh, you will miss out on that. You blew so... it. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're sad pandas about it, you might want to tune in next Wednesday. That's true. Because uh, we will have live music on every once in a while. Um, and lots of goofs and spoofs, as we used to say. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Matt, do you want to talk a little bit about what you do here at Harmonix? Sure. Um, my official title is user researcher, which is way more fancy of a title than I deserve. Uh, like the simple way oh, to put it. <laughs> well, it just conjures up images of like lab coats and, and <laughs> you wear that every once in a while yeah. though and sometimes i do use a clipboard and i feel really smart and awesome but uh, <laughs> not not a lot um but that's a fancy way of saying i coordinate all the play testing uh at harmonics for all of our various projects um and i've done a lot i i tallied it recently and in my five years here i've coordinated play testing in some capacity for 20 projects Ooh, and wow. each one different than the last and <laughs> it's been awesome it's a it's a fun gig do you know how many like individual tests you've done oh gosh um i've thought about that i i easily hundreds at this point yeah yeah That's weird <laughs> it's weird to think about do you have a, a game that was your favorite to run play tests for um it's gonna sound cliched, but I gotta say Rock Band Four only because like I it was my first proper rock band game that I got to like actually formally work on. Like I was just a rock band fan before that. Like I played Rock Band Three at home before anyone else, and I got to fulfill a dream in a corny way of actually working on on Rock Band. So it was pretty awesome. Yeah, that's a story for a lot of us. Oh yeah, I was also a Rock Band fan before I started here. Pre-ordered Rock Band One, like everybody else. Uh, and then started here about a week before Rock Band 2 came out. And then you guys are more recent members of the team. Although, Chris, you were on a couple of podcasts before we ended it. Indeed, I was. Yeah. Do you remember the teeny tiny room we used to record in? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it was... was smaller than this table, and that is yes. not a joke. No, no, she's not joking. <laughs> uh, and for those of you listening that can't uh, see what the table looks like... Uh, it's about the size of Rhode Island. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, no, realistically, I say it would be like a four by four foot space. Yeah, we had what? to. We we had to bring uh, when we had four people in plus an audio person recording for us. We had to bring everyone into the room, then close the door so that we could unfold the last folding chair so that everyone could sit in there. So this is quite an upgrade. Yeah. We have um, like swivel chairs now. I know they're mm -hmm. fancy nice. chairs. Again, for the people at home, mm -hmm. we've got. We each this. have our own microphone. No one sharing microphones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in fact, when we started the podcast, oh, so I've got a couple of podcast stats to share. So the first show was on October 9th, 2009. That show was recorded uh, with a very simple digital hand recorder placed in the center of the table. It probably sounds like garbage. I have never gone back to listen to it. Is it still up? It's still up. Yeah. All of the podcast episodes are still live on the wow. website um, and on iTunes. Yeah. Yep. Uh and uh, they used to just record it by putting it in the center of the table, which was a bad move. Uh, and they would book whatever room they could get a, uh, a spot in. Um, and then, uh, let's see, it was 147 episodes. And over five years later, we stopped doing the podcast with our last show on June 26, 2015. So a little over a year ago. Um, and frankly, we stopped doing the podcast because we were so busy prepping for our move from one office to another. And then when we got here, we were too busy working on Rock Band 4 uh, to start it back up again. But now that we've got this great live stream space uh, and a live stream audience to talk to every week, we thought this was a perfect opportunity to bring back the podcast, uh, let people see a little bit behind the scenes of how we record it, um, and also get the iTunes subscription back and running again. Yep. Yeah. Uh, while we're talking about the live stream, Josh, you want to tell people about the live stream, especially for the folks that will be listening to this on the podcast later? Yeah. Uh, so we recently built this gorgeous, that I am motioning to if you're listening to it, uh, <laughs> space uh, in our new office in Boston. Um, it has all kinds of fancy things like a video wall and all of these lights, we can change the colors to be whatever color we want them to be. Um, and we're going to be showing all kinds of different content. Obviously, we're doing the podcast live now. We showed a bunch of Rock Band Rivals stuff yesterday uh, when we announced and launched pre-orders for Rock Band Rivals. Um, we are going to be doing like live music, like as Christine mentioned, John Pardo uh, and Drew Olson will be coming in later today to... Uh, play some acoustic guitar, take requests from chat, I think. Please don't hold them to Drew, that. Drew gave me a shaky hand when I told him that he was going to take requests this morning. Okay. So maybe he'll give you a list and you can take, you can pick from that. Um, but yeah, we're going to be streaming three times a week. Uh, so uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 4 to 7 p.m.-ish uh, Eastern time. And it's going to be great. It's fun already. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday's show was great. We had a good time playing rock yeah. band. It was hot. Yes, it was. Yeah, it someone was in the sweaty. chat wants to know if the heat problem has been resolved yet. Uh, no. We're not like, no. sweating yeah. No. <laughs> well, speak no. for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Matt and I. <laughs> Maybe it's just the lights on us. It's, it's just on the two of it's us. It's really Super just warm. for the rock band drummers. That yeah. I'm are. also like just now coming straight from a straight out of playtest, which is the best NWA song, but like, <laughs> <laughs> like literally ran downstairs after a, a rock band for play test. And it gets toasty in there as well, because I'm just, as I'm sure you, you all know, rock band session tends to generate a lot of heat in a room. So 
and it can get a little little clammy. And I'm sure the yeah. same goes for down here too. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that fresh playtest sank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I know it all too well. That room is so warm. <laughs> oh, the memories. Mm-hmm. Uh, so speaking of uh, knowing that the chat wanted a question to us, uh, we can take questions from the chat because we're doing this on the live stream now. We're not in a room by ourselves in the middle of the afternoon recording all alone. We've got you guys here. So if you've got questions for Matt uh, about playtest, if you've got more questions for us about how we're surviving the heat, uh, <laughs> we are watching. So let us know. Uh, however... Um, we should talk about the old podcast episodes where you were on. Yeah. Because you were on a few I was on a way back couple, in the day. And I couldn't remember exactly when, so I had to do some digging and find out. But yeah, I remember the, the little room. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, my first one a couple years ago was in the Star Chamber, which is one of our, our nicer, more wide open rooms. Uh, it was very nice. I didn't know that that wasn't going to be the case for the second time around, so that little room kind of threw me for a loop. <laughs> but it was it was nice. It was a little intimate experience. Um, but the last one I was on was March or April of of last year of 2015. Um, I was in the thick of running play tests for both Amplitude and Rock Band Four. It was kind of like the early stages of Rock Band Four wow. testing. Yeah. Um, Maybe some others that I'm forgetting about. So, so like, there's always at least two projects going on uh, that need playtesting at any given time. Um, so I was particularly busy. Uh, they, you know, my hands were full. But, uh, yeah, I remember talking a bit about, you know, what goes into playtesting and, like, how, you know, reports are delivered to the team. And I don't know if I, I, I mentioned this to you, Christine, but I, <laughs> I remember, like, Aaron or, or Jessa, who, who were in the room hosting at the time, asked me a question like, so what's it like when you have to deliver like, you know, bad news, uh, like when a playtest doesn't go particularly well, um, which happens because that's kind of the point. You, you catch bad stuff like early while, sure. the, while the team is working on it. Um, and I just run a playtest uh, for what became freestyle guitar solos in Rock Band 4 very early on. Like I think it was, you know, just barely functional, but it was worth getting some eyes on and some feedback on. And because it was early on, like there was a lot of harsh feedback, like it wasn't anywhere near where it needed to be. Um, and the person in the room who happened to be running the the boards was Eric Brocious, uh, who was sort of the, the project owner of that particular feature. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and he was the individual who had to sort of read the brunt of that difficult news. It was a little awkward, uh, <laughs> especially because I don't think Freestyle Guitar Soul had been announced at that time. Um, so yeah, that was a little dodgy, <laughs> but it was fun. kept me on kept me on my toes. That's good. Yeah, that's just the nature of play testing. Like, it starts out maybe looking a little crummy, but then the next round it looks a little better as things shape up and the team actually can react to that play test feedback, which is very cool to see. I had actually asked you about that a little while ago because we do internal play tests as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had some like criticisms about something we were working on. It was like, how is the best way to word this so that it is like both constructive but not too sugarcoaty? Sure, sure. Because if you're harsher, then it results in a better product in the end. You've got to provide that honest feedback. Yeah, it's true. And And that's what's nice about pulling in internal people and ex- external folks too like everyone is 
savvy enough to know that like feedback that's just like this is bs i don't like it because it's lame like that they know that's not particularly helpful yeah right. which is always refreshing and yeah I th i've had all of you in for play testing of various kinds over the months and you've all been good with your feedback thank yeah. you that's why i keep Thanks. having you back so i'm curious for the viewers slash audience at home what sort of what sort of things do you look for when reporting your playtest experience back to the team? Oh, sure. Um, uh, well, that's to, to answer that, like you always have to have like a number of people in testing the exact same thing, like five to six, eight, a dozen, something like that. So you can identify trends because trends always kind of pop out when you have multiple people and yeah. looking at the mm -hmm. same thing, having the same experience, like even if it's not 100%, like, oh, five out of seven people, like, weren't, weren't able to figure out how to do this, how to mm -hmm. progress. Like, that might not be, like, 100%. Like, a couple people might be, you know, savvy enough to get it. But it does identify a trend that is worth addressing. Right. So, basically, strength in numbers, essentially. Like, when you have enough people coming in, looking at the same stuff, like, the, the red flags and the things you should be paying attention to sort of make themselves apparent, which is cool. Cool. Yeah. And both positive and negative. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, on the flip side of that, you can see like, hey, this thing, it's working really well. People mm -hmm. are getting it the way you had expected right. to. Right, right. Or even better, they think it's cooler than you thought. <laughs> <laughs> it happens, yeah. Right. It's always nice to see. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see, what else can we talk about today? Uh, so you, were you on, you were on shows where we did actual topics. Like we talked about playtest and it was serious business. You yeah. weren't on any of the total goofball shows we had to do, right? I, I don't believe so. <laughs> did you say we had to do? We had to. So there was a time period where we went quiet for a little while. We were working on a bunch of stuff, but nothing had been announced. And so we couldn't talk about anything on the live stream that was a real topic. Like, you know, Rock Band 4 wasn't announced. Right. Or I, I can't even remember the specific time frame, but we had stopped doing Rock Band DLC and nothing new had been announced. And so we had to make up things to talk about. And sometimes you can do that by bringing on somebody with an interesting job like Matt and talk about the job in general. And other times we would talk about things like our favorite holiday songs or <laughs> our, our favorite desserts ranked in order. See, when you said we had to, all I could think of is like, it's coming from the top, guys. Yeah. Like, we got to do more goofs. Alex Rodopoulos right. needs to know your favorite desserts. That's like, right. By he tomorrow. wants to know. This is important yeah. information. Yeah. I think probably the, the dumbest topic we ever did was our favorite Thanksgiving sides. Sure. But there's a lot to talk about there. Yeah, what's, there was. What's, dumb, what's dumb about that? that? We, we just, we argued over it constantly. <laughs> It, it filled an hour, believe it or not. I believe it. I mean, the community team is notorious for just talking and loving food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's just a thing. Fighting about food is one of our favorite things to do. Mm -hmm. We're so passionate about it. Mm -hmm. It's true. Um, however, I have a real topic to pose to you guys. Not about food, sadly. <laughs> uh, I would love for us to chat about what your favorite rock band song of all time is. Because sure. that's a topic we've done on the podcast before, but not with this crew. Mm. Josh, you want to kick us off? Um, yeah. So uh, my favorite rock band song of all time is Fat Bottom Girls by Queen. <laughs> Excellent choice. Yep. And it's partially because it's a fantastic song. Sure. Um, but also it's like it's nostalgic for me. 
because I went to MAGFest, which is a music and gaming festival that's in like Maryland or DC or something like that. And uh, they had a rock band free play stage. And uh, my friends and I were like, let's dress up tonight for no reason. So like <laughs> we walked up to this rock band uh, free play stage and like, I'm wearing a shirt and tie. I have a friend that's wearing a suit. Uh, another friend is in this like little black dress. And so. You said dress up and I assumed you meant like Halloween like costume. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, I yeah. thought like, oh, bear so costume? Like, what's it going to be? Yeah. Costume, yeah. And Afro. Like who's dressed as Batman? What's yeah. happening? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> not that. I'm glad it wasn't just me Shoot. though. No, no, no. Okay. Not at all. Um, so we just like, we just walked up and that was the song that we played. Um, and every time I hear that song, I think about it and like, they're all great friends and we're all just kind of like in different places now and I don't see them very much, but like every time I hear that, I think back to it and it's just, it's great. It's a good choice. Solid. Yeah. I like that one. Good one. Chris? Oh, there's a lot mm. of eyes on me now. Okay. <laughs> um, so the overwhelming majority of my memories with Rock Band are definitely with Rock Band 1. Mm -hmm. Um, cause that was like, I just remember... I was one of like the three people out there that had a PlayStation 2 with, you know, Rockman on the PlayStation 2 <laughs> instead of the other guys. So I would be the one like taking my guitar, taking my PlayStation 2 console and lugging them to my friend's house in order to play rock band with them. Um, so there's, there's definitely a bunch that I could say from there that would be my favorite. I think my all-time favorite has to be Welcome Home by Coheed and Cambria. Fabulous It's choice. just so good. And... <laughs> It was like my go-to song. The second I booted up Rock Band, I would hit that, hit guitar, hit expert, go for it. And it would just pretty much set the mood for the remainder of the session, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I will also totally give a shout out to Reptilia by The Strokes Ooh, because the guitar solo on that is so much fun to mm -hmm. play. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think Welcome Home is pretty much number one for me. That's great. That's, you were with me at the booth this year at PAX East when somebody picked that maybe like four songs into the first yeah. day, right? and we oh. both just... We looked at each other. There was this moment. And it yeah. was like, this is It this set is a good tone for the weekend. Exactly. Yep. That's that kind of song. Yep. The sing-alongs. Oh, yeah. Such a good one. Mm -hmm. Matt? Well, um, I've always been like a huge classic rock band, like even before rock band. Like it's always been my go-to, and it, it is my go-to in rock band. Mm -hmm. So it seems like an easy answer, but... Uh, from the heart, it's got to be more than a feeling. Boston, um, it, like it was in Guitar Hero one or two, I I forget which one, but it was always a blast to play there. And like when it dropped as DLC for Rock Band, I was so happy just because it was always like just one of my favorite songs of all time. And like it just plays so well in yeah. Rock Band, like on guitar, like it's charted so well. Like that riff is amazing. Like obviously the vocals are amazing like it brings down a house if there's like a party going on yep. i can vouch for that that was always a <laughs> showstopper when i used to have rock band parties all the time so it's still one of my my go-to comfort comfort songs for sure it's Easily. a good choice yeah it's solid yep such good choices mm -hmm. and you yeah uh, I'm going to throw a curveball and go with Here Comes the Sun from Beatles Rock Band. Oh. Solid. Uh, because, so that is my favorite Beatles song, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, but the dreamscape for that, when you play it in game, is stunning. 
the first time we played that in playtest here mm -hmm. actually it was just one of those moments it's like the the people here because i i work on the marketing side i can say this the people here are just so unbelievably talented and magical like the things they make are just gorgeous uh, and it was one of those moments where you realize that this is so much more than just a video game yeah. where, mm -hmm. you know, you kind of almost forget to play because you're <laughs> watching everything that's happening in the background. Um, but that one is, to this day, still one of my favorites. Solid choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, do we want to do one of the dumb topics then? Of course. <laughs> sure. Is it food? You said desserts, and I was yeah. already like, my mind was there. <laughs> I mean, we can go with that. Favorite dessert of all time? Cool Whip. <laughs> Straight Cool Whip? Oh, yeah. Like right out I, of the tub? I, if, it, if it was socially acceptable, I would eat Cool Whip right out of the tub. It is so good. Is it, it not enhances... socially acceptable? I w well, <laughs> Helen doesn't like it <laughs> when I do that. That's fair. Um, I bet it, Marty that, does. Oh, yeah, easily. But, yeah, it will enhance any dessert by a thousand percent. Cool Whip beats whipped cream any day of the week in my opinion that's fair i like that one i'll throw down that. i'll hit the ground running okay uh i'm i'm going to say creme brulee oh, yeah. because i make it myself and it's a dessert you get the light on fire do you have it's one of those so you have a torch, torch i have two of them how could you not oh i should yeah. no i have i actually i have one here and then i have one at my mother's oh, house no big deal because you mean like here at work? No, oh no. <laughs> yeah, I thought you meant in the office also. <laughs> like, yeah, it's at my desk. First of all, make us creme brulee. Yeah. Secondly, please be careful. <laughs> I will. Uh, so I have, no, I have one at, at my apartment and then I have one at my parents' house. They live in Georgia because you can't take that on an airplane. Um, oh, sure. And I wanted to make <laughs> creme brulee for my mom for her birthday when I went to visit. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to put it in the broiler. That's cheating. Uh, <laughs> so I went and bought a kitchen torch. Uh, to keep there and make the creme brulee that you get to pour sugar on and then light it on fire. Would you, would you still like it if, would it still be your top spot if you didn't get to light it on fire? I mean, I'll order it at a restaurant. Sure. But, but you miss the Do experience. you ask them if you could light it on fire? <laughs> yeah. I've brought my own torch. Could you just bring it to me? With just You'll the just sugar screw it up. up. Let me I'll, do it my way. I'll do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> but truly, any dessert you get to light on fire. S'mores. Yep. Mm -hmm. Excellent choice. Oh, yeah. Baked Alaska? Sure. I Meringue. I don't know what that like, is. Um, that seems so complex. <laughs> I, is it? I've never made it. I had it on a cruise ship once, and they made a big <laughs> spectacle of like carrying them out on trays that were still on fire. Ooh. Oh, my God. Yeah. Of course. Flambe of any kind. Yep. Sure. Wow. There's Yeah, you're right. There's more desserts that you set on fire than I had. <laughs> yeah, quite a lot <laughs> yeah it's my choice okay uh it's like a toss-up between cheesecake Ooh. and whoopie pies <laughs> i gotta call foul on whoopie pies you don't like whoopie pies <laughs> like, look man i i like them but they're like fundamentally flawed the fact that you like you bite into them you put pressure on you know the top and bottom obviously and what you happens squish out the sides it's like yeah, it's structurally unsound. It's unfit for <laughs> You're consumption. You're not wrong. You're not yeah. wrong. It's, it's like just... it's like ice cream sandwiches in the middle of summer. Yeah. Like, it's great. So, yeah, same. 
but yep. it, it melts. But I just, I just wind up getting so frustrated. Oh, come on, man. Like, keep it together. And I like, try to tuck it in. It never works out. But the taste is just so good. And like, I, I feel like if you're making it right and the consistency of the cream is like superb, wow. then Fancy it's... Fancy. <laughs> so I will say... Uh, they have not paid me to say this, but <laughs> Modern Pastry in the North End has an amazing whoopie pie. Really? Which I would say it doesn't do that too much. Like the consistency really? of the cream is great. The cake tastes amazing. The only strike against it is that the cake is a little bit sticky. So that oh, like it's when it's on your hands, yeah, yeah it, it like you kind of pull away and you get that. But like mm -hmm. the taste is leagues ahead of any other whoopie pie. So maybe um, we just need to have quality whoopie pies. Or really? yeah. my trick, because I bake, uh, you make mini ones. Oh, sure. Yeah, that works. One or two bites. You don't have to worry about that. Okay, I'll eat them when you bring them in. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. You know I'm I bring all the And I will try modern pastry. I'll be happy to put this to the test. Okay. Yeah. For science. For science. I actually told Pope that I would buy a bunch of whoopie pies and mail them to him because he misses them. <laughs> of course, Are they not Canada. Canada? Probably Canada. Not, I guess yeah. not. Well, tell him he can mail us some poutine, and we'll mail him we'll some whoopie pies. I feel like He's one right. of those might keep a little better in the mail. Only I mean, one way to find out. <laughs> <laughs> he can mail it in separate pieces. Whatever. <laughs> Dry ice French is a thing. Yeah, he could blue apron. No, sure. Yeah. Uh, Chris, your favorite dessert. <sighs> I mean, at first I was going to say donuts, and then I was like, really, you could have donuts any time of the day. Mm -hmm. yeah. so, and I do. Yeah. <laughs> accurate. So donuts might technically be a breakfast food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but for like the couple times that I've had it, souffles are like the best thing ever, especially if they're a chocolate souffle and you open it up and there's like this melted chocolate in there and you're just like... I'm just, I just want to melt with you, and this is like <laughs> glorious and beautiful, and all things are right with the world. That's how I feel about souffles. Well so, said. Think, okay. think that's why. It's good. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're starting some, some food wars in the chat. Okay. Oh, there's oh, somebody who's clearly local. I can't, I don't know who they are. El Can Candiano. Uh, angry Isn't that. Is that Alex from the Seattle Rock Band group? Really? Yeah. Okay, well, it's somebody that's been here a bunch because they are annoyed at your preference for modern pastry. They want to know Mike's or Maria's. Oh. oh so <laughs> I will say Mike's is a perfectly fine pastry shop, but I feel like Mike's is where tourists go. It is. And it modern is. is where people who want better desserts oh. go. Have you been to Maria's, Shots though? Fired back. I don't think I've been to Maria's, Ooh. though. Maria's? is great. It's right on the end of, of the North End, close to our office, actually. Okay. Uh, Blue Awning. Uh, could not tell you more about how to get there <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I'm bad with street names. Um, they have a bakery cat that hangs Ooh. out in the window. Aww. And I know you two are super into cats. That seems cute and all, but isn't that a health violation? Probably. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's the yeah. North End. It's doesn't but <laughs> they've got lobster tails, the pastry, not mm. the seafood, yep. uh, that are to die for. Yeah. They're amazing. Okay. Awesome. I agree with you about the Mike's pastry thing, though. Yeah. Like, I used to go there, and their cannolis were great. And then I tried modern one time right. when Mike's was literally out the door, and oh, somebody yeah. was like, let's go here. And I followed him, and I was like, oh, this is better. And then I found <laughs> out that because Mike's is so busy, 
that I guess they have to like make some stuff ahead of time, mm. uh, days oh, so ahead of time, fresh. so it's not as fresh as Ooh. modern. Yeah, wow. blowing my mind a little bit. Yeah. Stop to think about this stuff. <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> allegedly <laughs> made ahead of time. Uh, also, Lieutenant Hummus says that they're coming to town, and if you are wrong about that whoopie pie, uh, you will be hearing from him. Yeah, her. I don't know. It's Ben. Ben, just let me know when you're in town. I want to see you. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. Uh, so I would love if we had some questions from the chat for Matt while he's with us, because he won't be here every week. He'll get to see the rest of us jokers more often. Uh, so with a 30-second-ish delay, uh, if you guys have questions for him about playtest yeah. or about how awesome he is uh, or other rock band things, we can take those. Um, you know, if you can tear yourselves away from him. fighting about desserts. Sure. <laughs> what is your most interesting play test that you've ever done? Oh, sure. Um, I have a go-to answer for that. I've, I've told it before, but it's so good. I have to share it again. Um, so we were running play tests for Dance Central 3. Um, and we were, we just had a lot of folks in to like see if if the game was basically scoring people correctly, like if it was strict and harsh when it was supposed to be strict and harsh, if it was a little forgiving when maybe that was okay, which meant we had to put every single song through every single difficulty through like multiple rounds of people playing it. It was, it was kind of, well, there was a lot of it. Um, so uh, one particular night we had in some guy who had signed up, I didn't know him very well, he was a nice enough guy. Um, he was doing his thing, and we, we booted up a song, and we ran into a bug, which we often do in playtests because the games aren't finished and are a little rough around the edges, where like the Kinect was recognizing him fine. It was giving him feedback, but the song itself wasn't playing, um, and there was still like ambient audio like from the, from the yeah. crowd and yep. stuff. So I realized this. I'm like, oh, this is super weird. Like I'm not going to make you dance without the music. Like We can skip this. Hang on. I'll cheat you through, and he's like, no, it's cool. Hang on. It's fine. It's fine. I'll do it. Uh, so I'm like, all right, if you want to do it, go for it. And it ended up being like a really weirdly profound moment for me because here I was like in this really small room, um, like watching this complete stranger do the Macarena in complete <laughs> silence. And it was like, I'm at work. This is my job. Yep. Like, this is just another day at the office. And he did it. He did the entire Macarena routine <laughs> on every difficulty wow. with with no audio. And it was weird and <laughs> awkward and uncomfortable, but it had to be done. He was willing to do it. And yeah, we just moved on from that. Does that even count as like an actual play test because you didn't have the audio to time it all out? I mean, yeah. I mean, he was a, like, he had enough, I remember he had enough like internal rhythm that like he okay. was sort of able to, to keep up with the moves and stuff. Because all him. I'm picturing is like, he's doing this and it's literally for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would have put the kibosh on that. Okay. If that was the case. Okay. I'm not yeah, that much of a social scientist. <laughs> <laughs> With your lab coat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it, it's yet to get weirder than that. <laughs> but, you know, who knows what tomorrow is going to bring. More tests tomorrow and the day after that. So anything could happen. That's good. Yeah. Um, actually, about your tests, yeah. uh, you mentioned that you're usually working on at least two games, mm -hmm. and uh, Durfland76 wants to know what two games you're working on now, if you can tell oh, us. Oh, sure. So, yeah, um, I actually, the play test I just came from right before this recording was for 
um, Rock Band Rivals expansion pack, uh, the actually specifically the Rock You Drama feature, which we announced yesterday. I had a group of testers in for that. That'll be continuing throughout the week. Um, earlier this week and last week, we also ran some play tests for Rock Band VR, which nice. um, it's really cool. That's all I can say about it right now. People are really liking it. It's really fun. Um, there are a couple other projects in the hopper that I can't talk about right now, but um, testing is happening for those as well, and they're all very fun, very different from those previous two I mentioned. Um, would now be a good time to plug signups, maybe? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. go for it. I was going to ask you that oh, question. Oh, sure. <laughs> oh, I ruined your segue. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, please. <laughs> so if you happen to be in or around the Boston area or you're willing to travel a little bit, um, I would encourage everyone listening and watching to sign up uh, to be put in the roster of potential playtesters, and you can do that at uh, harmonicsmusic.com slash playtest. There's a little form. It should only take a couple minutes to fill out, and then you'll be kind of added, added to the roster. So please do that. That would be super helpful for us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wiley383 wants to know how you pick playtesters to come in. Oh, sure. So the sign-up form that I mentioned... It's pretty thorough. It asks a lot of questions like, what sort of games do you, are, like, do you like? What sort of platforms do you play on? Like, how, like what sort of rock band player are you? Um, ton of other stuff. And depending on like, what, what game we're testing and like, who we think the target demographic is, I'll sort of like, take that massive pool of information, sort of whittle it down into uh, like, who we think would be ideal testers. And there's a range of that. Like, like say you don't have a ton of rock band experience or you're not like a rock band super fan, like that wouldn't necessarily like disqualify you from coming in to, to check it out because we want to see what, ca what you know casual players think too as well as hardcore. So there's always mm -hmm. kind of a, a sliding scale. So um, yeah, a lot of people will inevitably be eligible for a bunch of testing. So I encourage you to sign up. Yeah. Great. Uh, Complicit Owl... Our friend from mm -hmm. Twitter and the forums wants to know if you are regretting new long sleeves today. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. I'm a little toasty. I saw it. So the guy that ran our audio yesterday, his name is Rick Cody. He's on the audio QA team here. This morning, I came in and he was wearing a sweatshirt. Oof. And I'm not talking like, you know, sweatshirt over the t-shirt, maybe take it off in the middle of the day. I mean like a sweatshirt. And that was it. And I was like, <laughs> dude, you... Well, what are you doing? <laughs> and their office is a million degrees because yeah. they have because they're in a huge room with a lot of people. Right, yep. it's a and big it's room. Across a lot from of the server room. Across yep. from the oh, server yeah, room, right. they've got what six, seven people in that room. There's a lot of people, and it's the DLC team, so they have yep. all of the consoles and all of the televisions. And they're and playing people all like playing of the drums. Games. And, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Oh, is he just melting? I don't know. He's gone. Rick He's, Cody. A <laughs> He's <laughs> leaking <laughs> through the ceiling right now. Yes. Oh, no, I, I'm awful. wearing shorts today, and I do not regret it. Like I See, hate, that's the smart move. I hate wearing shorts. I feel like such a dorky tourist dad in shorts, but <laughs> I'm not regretting it at all today. It's much better on set today now that we're not playing rock band. Yeah, yeah. I have a cold drink, sitting down. I mean, nice. give it a half hour, so <laughs> I might get a little more toasty in mm -hmm. here. That's true. We'll see. Might be a, might be a little bit bad. Let me take a peek at the chat and see what we've got. Uh, can, can I ask a question in the meantime? Absolutely. Cool. So a question for you, Mr. Kristen. Mm -hmm. um, are there any differences between internal versus external playtests? Oh, sure. Or like, you know, what, what sort of things are you looking for internally versus externally? Sure. Um, 
So in, internally, meaning like harmonics employees, basically. Right. Uh, internal and external is sort of our shorthand for like employees versus people recruited from outside the company. Um, and internal stuff, internal testers are good because, well, for like logistical reasons, like they take a lot. Uh, it's a lot easier to recruit them for one thing. Like I can say like, hey, are you free on Thursday? Right. Can I book you for half an hour, an hour, whatever, versus like reaching out to them via email and waiting for them to respond and working out a schedule. So um, that is obviously a huge benefit. But um, the actual insight that an internal tester knows, like um, like the fact that they have a little bit of a peek behind the curtain, mm -hmm. they kind of know more about the, the project than somebody coming in off the street will often uh, be an advantage because they have sort of a kind of unique perspective. Like they, they know our, the intentions of the game. Um, they know what success versus not success looks right. like in a design. Um, so yeah, like each test is different. Sometimes that is something you don't want, but some, sometimes it is. Sometimes you need a, a mix of both. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. Good to have that resource at the disposal and, for and sure. And to be clear, we don't normally take people off the street and bring them in for Not literally, no. <laughs> not normally. <laughs> no. No. I had a question for you. So we've we've brought kids in for playtesting yeah, before for yeah, things yeah. like Lego Rock Band and mm -hmm. I think for Green Day Rock Band even. Uh, are the kids more difficult to work with than the adults or less difficult to work um, with than the adults? No, they're cool. Um, they're, you know, kids are kids. They're awesome. And actually, it's it's just very different. Mm -hmm. um, kids are, or I was going to say surprisingly, but it's really not that surprising. They're more, they, they're often more just like savvy than, than adults and they pick up on stuff like a lot quicker. Hmm. Um, that's extra true when we were doing a lot of uh, playtesting for Fantasia. Like we brought in a lot of, you know, adults to check out stuff and that's a pretty abstract game yeah. uh, to say the least. Um, and, you know, it took a while for, for certain things to click and for them to understand stuff. And then we would put the same stuff in front of like young kids, like 10, 12, sometimes even younger, and they would just figure it out like so much quicker. It was like really fascinating to that see. That is really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, we saw that so on the road too. You went to D23 with yeah, us, Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah we, yeah, we brought Fantasia to D23 and it was the same thing there. Yeah. Right. It was mm -hmm. a Disney fan convention in Anaheim and we would, like kids would walk up and just start playing. They would instinctively know what to to do mm -hmm. or more so i think they weren't afraid to look silly yeah, yeah. and they just totally. dive right in yep. and then cool. adults but would come up and they'd constantly ask you you know what what am i supposed to do here what should i mm -hmm. do this and yep. they'd step out of frame and you have to kind of talk them through it more and kids just dive right in yeah which was super That's fun true. Yeah. i mean i feel that way too fantasia was one of the games that i just picked up real real quick mm -hmm. i was like bam bam i got this <laughs> but then dan central i was like oh Lord, <laughs> like this is gonna take some time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, we'd see the same thing with Dan Central. It shows too. The kids yeah. just immediately they jump just in, in start yeah. mimicking what's on the screen, and mm -hmm. adults are a little bit scared to look silly sometimes. Yeah, it's true. I remember a long time ago during Fantasia testing, um, we needed like a really quick gut check on like whether a certain motor level. I forget exactly what it was, but we needed to make sure it was accessible to a kid. We didn't have like easy access to a kid. I don't think either you easy guys. access so weird to way to bring that. Like there weren't any kids Here's in the office or lab at code. that moment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, 
like we needed like we to don't test just it, keep like, a room full of children for play <laughs> no we absolutely like, do we not don't run I a babysitting not service here that. no there were no kids around it's being recorded yeah. at the time <laughs> yeah, at the time so i don't think either of you had the pleasure of meeting jason kendall no, no. Before, yeah he, he was oh, a kendall. former employee he's a very animated individual he's the former <laughs> frontman for what did they end up going the, the amazing royal crowns My amazing royal crowns yeah awesome dude my favorite Fantastic. guys. He he is a major goofball. So, <laughs> so we didn't tell him that he was sort of subbing in for what would normally be a, a kid just because we knew he would get <laughs> in there and just flail around wildly and bounce off the walls. And it's exactly what he did. And it was, <laughs> and it was the best data point ever. Like we got the, the you know, the feedback we were looking for. That's it genius. Was, yeah, it was awesome. Nice. Yeah, I'm trying to think back at that time frame. Like, oh, I need somebody that's going to act like a small child. Yeah. <laughs> Jason Kendall. He was Let me go best. get him. Yeah, he's Google great. him. He's amazing. His band's amazing. Yeah, his band's mm -hmm. awesome. Um, he worked on our music team for a while. So mm -hmm. uh, if you love the DLC that came out many years ago, you mm -hmm. probably have Jason to thank for that. That's right. Uh, along with the rest of the music team. Um, mm -hmm. we, had, we did have another question from the chat. Let me find it. Uh, Lieutenant Hummus again. Uh, real question this time. Uh, wants to know if you test Rock Band or other games in a party setting. Ah, uh, I think I know what you're asking there. Define <laughs> a party. Yes, absolutely, we do. We uh, we stress test our games. Um, we will sort of try to replicate a party environment as you know as closely as we can, which is pretty easy when you have enough beer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's important to see like, at what point does this sort of break down in a party setting? Like when does it become indecipherable? When does it like stop getting fun or getting less fun? When does it get more fun? Um, <laughs> what would be more fun sober uh, versus <laughs> drunk? That sort of stuff. We've done it for a rock band. We've done it for, for Dance Central. Um, oh, there's been talk of, of doing it for some of our projects we can't talk about yet um <laughs> yeah it's 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 really fun to do um it's as close to you know alcohol science as you can get but, but, <laughs> uh, here anyway but we yeah it's actually really valuable we, we learn a lot doing that i really yeah. feel like i need to buy you a lab coat now like just I, the way that you're talking i about wouldn't this stuff. i wouldn't turn it down Good. Good. We need to get your name embroidered like Dr. Christek. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I like yep. that. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you mm -hmm. about uh, VR stuff. So we've yeah. got a couple of VR games mm -hmm. happening right now. What What is different about running playtests for that versus like standard console games? Oh, yeah, it's a ton. Like there's a couple like hindrances that you have to work around, like Rock Band VR, for example. So like I'm used to encouraging testers to sort of think out loud while they're looking at a game, like share their thoughts as they come to them, like ask ask questions as they come to them during gameplay. I don't have the luxury of doing that when someone is in VR because like they can't see me, they can't hear me, um, they don't know whether I can hear them talking, so like I can't actively communicate with someone when they're in another dimension. <laughs> um, so that is an interesting curveball that I have to work around. And like another, like the the biggest one I'd say is that like most people have not used VR. So oftentimes when they come in, it's like their first time out the gate with VR. So there's like an obvious wow factor, mm -hmm. like regardless of what the actual experience is that you sort of have to like take into consideration, like how much of this feedback is coming from a place where like they're just really excited 
about VR versus like, oh, they're really excited about our game and our experiences. Like mm -hmm. separating those two is is interesting and different for every every test and every game. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun to gauge that stuff. The wow factor is so real for VR. And I first I, I experienced it firsthand last weekend because I went to Six Flags, New England. And, did you do uh, the coaster? Yes, I did. That was How your was first it? time? No, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly not my first time yeah, in VR. But, yeah. Um, so for, for those who don't know, uh, at some select Six Flags parks around the nation, they have taken some coasters and like added a VR integration into the experience. So you strap on a Gear VR headset, so it's like the one with the Samsung phone mm -hmm. in front of it, and you go through this like simulation of... In my experience, it was a simulation of Superman fighting Lex Luthor, and like you're in a cable car, and Lex Luthor chops off the cable, and now you're free falling, and now Superman's come to save you, and like it's all this this whole thing. And to the uninformed consumer, like the one to your point who has never experienced VR before, it must have been mind blowing. Oh you yeah. Know? yeah, it must have been such an experience to really see that and yeah. feel that. And like as the roller coaster enthusiast that I am, <laughs> I thought it was subpar. Oh. <laughs> My biggest concern is that you just spoiled the end by telling us that Superman saved you. Though. <laughs> I mean, did you think what, you just you're gonna die? Like, no, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Spoilers. There was Aww. no spoiler alert. I'm wow. sorry you, to anybody you watching to that was planning on going. You made history. You managed to spoil a roller coaster somehow. <laughs> well, you, I can't. I can't spoil the roller coaster itself. Right. Yeah. It's really just the VR experience. Sure. That's so that just the concept is so confusing to me. Like it, like why does it why do you have to be in a coaster? Can it at that point since you have the thing on your face, can it just be like the back to the future ride yeah. thing? Yeah. Or it was exactly my point. Yeah. Literally, I said that multiple times <laughs> when I was at that part. Mm -hmm. And again, like my the the one biggest positive takeaway from it is that so many people on such a massive scale get to experience VR when they normally would never be able to do that. Sure. Right. And that's pretty sweet you know because totally. we have the luxury of being able to be in vr pretty much every day in our development and play mm -hmm. testing and things like that but to people who have never done it before it, it must have been pretty sweet sure i'm just it might be overwhelming you know, like even yeah. even our early demos of harmonics music vr when it was like simple simple state simple simple art and all you do is put the thing on your head and look at it. It was still mind-blowing. It was, mm -hmm. yeah, it yeah. was still a yep. little overwhelming. And you take it off and you kind of, like, everyone that I've seen do it at shows and when I did it the first time, yep. took it off and you kind of blink and mm -hmm. look around, like, where am I? Yep. This yeah. is, oh, this is so strange. And I can't imagine your first time with VR being putting on that on. Right. And then getting in a super intense roller coaster to right. begin with and just being completely overwhelmed mm -hmm. yeah. right? and probably motion sick. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're just like waiting for a lawsuit at this point. <laughs> I don't even know. Yep. I'm There's sure no waiver. they've tested. There's I'm no sure waiver. they have play tests. I thought there was going to be a waiver. Right? They must yeah. have. Roller coasters uh, must have mm. play tests of some kind. They probably don't, don't call it me. that. I don't know. <laughs> we, we had a Q&A with the park staff during lunch and stuff. And I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and someone asked like, hey, do you anticipate this staying, being like a, a permanent thing to the coaster? And they, they like, you know, in their PR speak, they were like, well, we can't say anything right now, but you should probably write it now. <laughs> uh, Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yikes. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> that's coming straight from the source that's not allegedly yeah. that's the pure speak you know you didn't sign an NDA I didn't yeah, I signed no NDA mm -hmm. it's a mistake so I, it is a mistake no so wavering, I have a question nothing. that I just thought of um, for like community things that I see out not harmonics communities I'm always looking at it from that angle of like 
oh, that's such a good idea that they did that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I wish I thought of something like that. Mm -hmm. um, do you ever experience any of that kind of like thinking about different things from a work angle when you're not actually at work? Oh, totally. Um, in, in a way, like it's sort of, you know, tainted the experience for me a, a little bit just because I'm always thinking about like, you didn't play test this, you clowns. <laughs> like this is such a, a bad user experience. Like your tutorial should have said this instead of this. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm constantly thinking about that sort of stuff. That's not to say like I'm ruined on gaming or anything like mm -hmm. that, but it is definitely an additional layer of stuff I'm, I'm thinking about. I can't help it now. It's just right. Right. in my, right. my DNA. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Is what it is. Similar, like I went, I actually went to school for, for filmmaking back in the day. And like similarly with like movies and TV shows, like mm -hmm. I find myself thinking like, oh, you shouldn't have done a cut there. Like there's poor editing. <laughs> it's, it's the same thing. Really. Dennis must feel that yeah. way. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's nodding. <laughs> <laughs> nodding vigorously. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, so we are actually running out of time mm -hmm. on our first podcast. Uh, but we will be back doing this every week. Uh, if you want to watch the show live, uh, being recorded, you can tune into the live stream on Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, if you are listening to this, we're thinking we're going to post this on Fridays, but uh, you'll know better when this first episode airs. <laughs> <laughs> you'll know when we'll know. Mm -hmm. Next week, uh, we have an exciting show uh, Josh will be hosting, and we will have on Dennis, actually, from Behind the Boards, uh, to talk about... Uh, the new Rock Band Rivals expansion, uh, Rocky Drama, the feature, Rivals, the feature, um, the making of, a little bit behind the scenes. So Dennis will be on along with uh, Matt Derby and Dan Bruno. Yep. It's going to be a good show. It yeah, good. it is a good lineup. Uh, so uh, if you are listening to this at home, we will talk to you next week. And it was lovely to talk to you again. Bye. 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 Uh, if you are watching this live on the live stream, stick around. We are going to play that theme song one more time, uh, I think, so that you can hear the lovely tunes of the Pardo Brothers. It's so good. I so never good. heard it before. <laughs> yeah, the amazing. first time he yeah, heard it, it was when we played it at yeah. the intro. Uh, and then coming up after the break, uh, we're going to be showing Harmonics Music VR. So we will have, let's say, we've got um, cinematographer Don Rivers and creative lead John Carter will be on with Josh and Chris. And then later in the show, uh, tune in because we will have Drew Olson and John Pardo here uh, playing some live music for you. It's going to be good. Yep. He will take requests. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I'll force him to take at least one or two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Goodbye, Mr. Labcoat. Thanks for coming Bye. on. Thanks for having Aww. me, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.